Hello, and welcome to Foundance Connected Philanthropy Podcast. Today, we are privileged to have Corey Brester, the Director of Information Systems at Foundant Technologies. And our topic today, we'll be talking about Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Corey has been leading the charge on Foundant Security Initiatives, and we're excited to have him share some security tips and advice for our community. Thank you so much for joining us today, Corey. Thanks, Tammy. Happy to happy to be here. Well, October. It's October already. Years going fast. And this month has become known as Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And this is in- becoming increasingly important to nonprofits and well, really organizations of all types. Uh, so I know there's a lot to learn about. Let's dive right in. How how important is it now to learn and be aware of cybersecurity? Yeah, Tammy, I think, you know, it it affects absolutely everyone. And, you know, this year as part of Cybersecurity Awareness Month, the emphasis is on the person. Um, and maybe I'll start with kind of a, a little bit of an eye-opening statistic. According to Forrester's research, 91% of all hacking attacks today begins with a spear phishing or phishing email to an individual. And each of those breaches potentially costs millions of dollars in damages to operations, organizations' productivity, their reputation, and their need to continually protect themselves against these ever-evolving attacks. Spear phishing emails are the most popular targeted attack method. So every individual needs to be aware before they open an email attachment or click on a link from an unknown sender. Yeah, I am. I'm seeing so much so many more of those email types coming out and uh, it it does frighten me and and uh, you've been training us really well to identify them but uh, they are are always finding new ways to trick us so uh, how how can we be a- aware of that or do you have any tips um, on what what people should focus on or how to learn how to identify those yeah, absolutely. You know, those harmless looking links or attachments can contain malware. They could take, adva- uh, take advantage of your device and, you know, hold it hostage or for ransom. Um, and even, you know, if you're in a corporate network, you can, it can start to spread across the organization um, and take over other colleagues' machines, um, other um, assets to the organization. So it's just really important to look for those basics. Look for the links that don't make sense. Question everything um, that that you get. You know, any more organizations have a lot of tools in place to try to stop these items before they get to the human. But the human aspect is the last element that can really protect the organization and even protect yourself. Today, we'll we'll spend most of our time talking about how these sort of items and things are pertinent to a business or to an organization. But look at these things in your in your personal life, you know, as, as well. And that's really the the goal of Cybersecurity Awareness Month. This is now the 19th year um, that this has kind of existed as part of the government and in industry to raise cybersecurity awareness across the nation and help ensure that everyone has resources they need to be safe. Uh, and this year, the emphasis is on the theme actually is uh, see yourself in cyber. So the emphasis is on how the human element of this somewhat complex um, topic really comes into play. 
so October focuses on the people and what people can do uh, to protect themselves at home, at school, uh, and, and in, in the workplace. That's, that's great. And I like how, how you are so right. I mean, we can come with great tools and everything, but, but having that suspicious mindset and assuming things are not safe until you prove or, or, you know, if there's any question in your mind, uh, it's, it's good to check and not assume that they're safe. Um, as, as was the case, I, I, I knew, uh, uh, many years ago, my behavior has definitely changed from uh, what it was two or even five years ago, for sure. And and uh, realizing that how much damage can be done in just a second of um, <laughs> clicking things before you you check them that's that's really and good it, to be aware of. It's such an evolving landscape. It, things are changing all the time. I still hear people say that it, it doesn't affect them. But whether or not you're working in the industry of cybersecurity, whether or not you're a student, uh, an employee of an organization, it, if you if you use the internet, you are part of cybersecurity, and it does affect you. Um, and everyone, every age, needs to be aware of how to protect themselves and the tools to to put into place. Okay, so. We've established <laughs> it's scary. There's things to do. What What are some steps, or what What do you have anything that that uh, maybe would be a first level of of what organizations or individuals should do? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's part of the the campaign that the Cybersecurity Awareness Month has put together really involves four steps. So I think we'll, we'll talk through all four of those. And the first one is enabling multi-factor authentication. You know, every single account should have that extra level of security. Your bank accounts, your your investment accounts, your emails, every single piece of your cyber world that that has um, personal information should contain multi-factor authentication. You should be using password managers to encrypt your passwords, keeping them safe um, from others, you know, just being able to hack them. Longer passwords are way more um, are way more secure. Phishing is, as we talked about earlier, the most common type of malware that people can fall victim to. And so understanding what to look for is the first step in not letting that uh, infect your PC or your device uh, or capture credentials. And then updating your software, the most basic thing that I think most people forget about, especially in this world of the Internet of Things where you have smart thermostats, uh, smart TVs, all these different devices that need to be updated, uh, whether or not you're updating them manually or when they support automatic updates, turn those automatic updates on. So maybe the, maybe the first thing we you know, talk about is multi-factor authentication. Yeah, let's dig into that. I, that's the reason why I carry my cell phone with me whenever I'm working at my computer now. <laughs> And that's beca- that's become reality for for so many people. And so, multi-factor authentication it goes by a few different names: two-factor authentication, multi-factor authentication, two-step factor authentication, MFA, two FA. They all really mean the same thing. Opting into an extra step for websites or applications to confirm who you really are. So, your bank accounts, your social media accounts, school accounts, work accounts. 
you need to take the extra steps to to protect those um, those different pieces of information. So instead of just asking for a password, which you may be reusing, and we'll get to why you shouldn't reuse passwords uh, a little bit later, um, the passwords are you know oftentimes reused. They're easily cracked or stolen, especially if they're not long enough, um, and they can really be too simple um, by just a, a username and a password. So oftentimes when you opt into the multi-factor authentication options, it's gonna ask for something that you know, that PIN number, your sister's middle name, your mother's maiden name, um, along with something that you have, an authentication application, like you said, your phone, for whether it's a um, text message or an authentication app, and then something that you are in many cases, um, that face ID or that fingerprint. Just those extra steps, that second factor, uh, makes it so much more difficult for somebody to to hack or take advantage of your your credentials and, and compromise your accounts. Um, it, it's a super simple way to keep yourself just a little bit more protected. Um, and you always have, as you said, you always have your cell phone on you. Um, it's just a um, a little extra time can go a long way. I know. And so it's not confusing. It, it's, you know, the, the numbers or whatever, it, it comes up right away. And I always feel really good knowing that that step is there, especially when I'm logging into my bank account or other things like that. It, it really does. Well, you know, nobody would be able to do this unless they had my cell phone here too. Right. You know, and be able to log into my cell phone, all that. So I, I see how that really tightens it up with a, a, a really simple step. So yeah, I've been turning it on. Normally they try to uh, give you a benefit if you turn it on. So, <laughs> or, you know, encourage you to do it every time you log in until you, you do have it turned on. So um, that's, that's good to know. Number one, always choose that option or look for it. I got that. What's next? Second thing, use strong passwords. One, don't reuse your passwords. Um, it, it's too simple for one of the services that you've signed up for to have some sort of data breach and then have your passwords and username floating out there for hackers to reference as they're trying to um, hack other um, other sites and, and accounts that you may have reused. Uh, so use a password manager, whether or not it's something like 1Password, LastPass. There's, there's dozens of them out there. Uh, but basically, you're protecting your um, you're protecting your password under an encrypted method with a single long master password um, that keeps that keeps everything secure. And use long passwords. The longer, the better. Uh, it's exponentially harder for a computer to crack a password when it becomes 12, 13, 14 characters long. Make that password complex. Add in numbers. Add in special characters, upper and lower cases. Um, and you know, people will often are going, well, how am I going to remember those? Again, that's where the password manager comes into play, where even it will create your passwords for you so that you don't have to think about them. I don't know probably 99% of my passwords. I probably remember my Wi-Fi password, and that's about it. Um, the rest of them are all stored in my password manager. Um, passphrases become easier if you do need to remember them taking sentences that mean something to you 
but somebody else wouldn't figure out. Something that's easy for you to, to bring front of mind when you need to, to type that in. Multiple words mixed in with um, some special characters and, and numbers. Um, and I, yeah, I cannot encourage people more to have strong passwords that they secure with a password manager. Um, that is going to be their, the second most important thing to keeping somebody safe. Yep. Um, as we transition to using longer ones and mixing in numbers, it became very apparent to me that, yeah, using one of those password managers is the only way I could go because <laughs> my memory is just not, not going to remember too many unique ones. Right. And, but once you get start getting those letters that hey you know your personal information or your password was exposed here and and you just don't know how far that goes and so making sure each one of them is, is unique really is a, is a way that would minimize what could happen there just one more step to reduce risk like you're, you're the, the world of cybersecurity is about evaluating your risk and and reducing your risk longer passwords reduces the risk of them being hacked. Every single unique password very much reduces your risk of that being hacked. Adding a second layer, the multi-factor authentication, reduces your risk. So that brings us to what the number one way people are getting in right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> those, those, yeah. those cyber criminals are getting more and more creative with, with phishing emails. Um, and those aren't just phishing emails. Those are phishing, um, smishing, uh, SMS text message type of um, attacks or phishing voice, um, voice attacks where sending something that looks real. And these are getting more and more creative. We all... We all used to see um, where your your great 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 uncle, the prince of of Egypt or whatever, left you some trillions of um, dollars of some some sort, and that was what people were falling for uh, 15, 20 years ago. And and now we're we're seeing those those OneDrive, those doc, those Dropboxes, those things you're using every day that you become so used to trusting, and you click into and that next phase is a credentialing, credential harvesting type of um, screen where it's trying to get you to log into a system and it's capturing your passwords. Um, and then if those are reused passwords, they're not only into that, that system they just tricked you into logging into, but into so many other systems. So you have to check for those, those links, making sure that they're going to where they should, question why someone's asking you for the information, um, it, you know, even some of those basics still exist. Is the offer too good to be true? Did you really win a million dollars? Um, are you really the new owner of a Lamborghini? Um, do a do a good gut check. Um, question everything, um, and just be really careful what what type of information you're giving people. Those credential harvesting um, aspects of a phishing email um, can be huge. Uh, and what they're going to capture from a password, from a social security number, credit card number, um, all those those pieces of information, but also their ability to download malware onto your machine, your your laptop, your your desktop, and and encrypt the hard drive for ransom, um, and then you have to determine whether or not you're going to pay that ransom to be able to get your data back um, off of your machine, and then as these are even more sophisticated with the text messaging. 
you know, the number of times where you receive a text message that's from your boss that says, hey, I'm on vacation and I really need you to do me a favor. For organizations, I would really encourage them to establish what type of business is performed over a cell phone conversation or a text message versus an in-person phone call. Um, the the biggest thing that those um, text message kind of uh, smishing attacks are trying to do is is to get you to go buy something. You know, they create a sense of urgency in their request of your your organization's president being at a conference um, and really needing some gift cards um, for whatever reason. You know, they need those gift cards right away. Question those things. Why are they asking you for it? That is so true. I mean, they are getting so clever. Um, I'm on a board of a nonprofit organization, and and I was <clears throat> on the executive committee as a VP, and and uh, yeah, they got our our numbers, uh, cell numbers, or something. I don't know how they got them, but but came up with the story like the president is in a meeting and really needs my help getting. I'm mean, like. It just was so this could happen, right? And I'm just that they they, uh, they could then realizing where that information is out there in public, you know, helps you realize that that type of story can be created pretty easily and and connected. Like you work at the same place. This is the president of the place you work. You know, the all of that information is stuff that a lot of people have on their websites, public websites. It acts, absolutely. The social engineering aspect is is so critical, and being aware of what's out what's out there about yourself. You know, when when you post that you're on vacation on your on your public Facebook page that anybody can see. You know, if somebody is is leveraging that information, they can even get creative to say, you know, I'm on vacation in Cabo, uh, and I need this. And well, if you know that your boss is on vacation in Cabo, then that's just one more aspect that makes it so much more difficult um, to, to troubleshoot. But that comes back to the the aspect of the Cybersecurity Awareness Month with the the theme of of it being people driven and how do people play a part in protecting themselves and the organization? Yeah. So I know if it happens at work or with that work related things, I report it to you. <laughs> But how about if it's, um, I mean, you may be interested in what happens on my personal email, but are there places that that uh, everybody should report them to or, you know, the whoever manages the, the mail site, email site that I use? Um, is, should I report those as well? It's most definitely, if you're working within another organization, report them to your, your security team, your IT team. Um, there are resources out there to report those emails to um, the Center for Information Security, um, the, the government organization, as well as the FBI, um, which I would encourage anyone that has very legitimate um, phishing concerns or anything that they have um, feel they've been a security, a member of a security breach or um, or something that could potentially cause harm to them in the in the future or to their identity to definitely work with their local police department um, for for support there um, just to make sure that there's nothing else 
they need to do on their part besides you know, changing passwords and, and that sort of thing if they have actually fallen for the for the breach. But there are resources out there to to forward those uh, messages to uh, with the FBI and the Center for um, Cybersecurity. Excellent. We'll include some of those links in the show notes then too. So you mentioned that there's four and, and we've been through three. So what's the last one? You know, fi- finally, I think it's maybe the most simple way to keep yourself safe, but update your software. And these hackers and bad actors will exploit the flaws within an operating system, uh, within an, you know, a firmware of an old device uh, that you might have in your home or on your network. Um, and people are out there trying to fix them. And when they find those things, they push out those updates. And the sooner you can patch those, those bug fixes, uh, those security flaws, the better. So set your operating systems to automatically update on your mobile phone, your tablet, your laptops, um, any application that's connected to the web should just automatically be, be set to update. Uh, it's just one more way to help keep yourself, help keep yourself safe. True. And you're right. That, that makes it easier for you if you have that auto enabled <laughs> to, to do that for you. Um, all right. Well, these have been some great tips and it's not too many, just these four tips. And, um, we really appreciate you sharing those with us and, and with the community here on, on the connected philanthropy Co- podcast. And I want to remind our listeners that we'll be including a couple links that not only on where to report or where other resources can be found on this topic. So we appreciate you taking the time out of your day today, Corey, to, to record this podcast. Do you have any final comments or advice to leave our listeners with? Number one, I hope everyone leaves this uh, podcast and turns on multi-factor authentication on every single system. That would be my number one. Um, you know, and I, I we started this podcast with kind of a, a eye-opening statistic of that 91% of attacks beginning with a phishing email. And I don't want everyone to leave this, uh, leave listening this, thinking that cybersecurity is always scary. There are very bad cyber criminals out there and that's why we're trying to do our best to help educate. Um, that's why there's other cybersecurity experts out there in the world trying to help keep us safe. But we need the human aspect of every individual um, that we work with to do their part in taking these four steps. Watching for phishing emails, multi-factor authentication, longer passwords, and patching their systems to be able to help secure and protect everyone else into the future. That's great. I, I like it. And so now we've learned uh, what us, the humans, can do. So if if you've learned something from today's Connected Philanthropy podcast, please share it with others who might also enjoy and benefit from it. And we look forward to connecting in our future webinars, podcasts, and community discussions. We wish you all the best success. And again, thank you all for all that you do.